Hey girls, we're back on the Her Podcast. I am super excited tonight because we have a really special guest speaker. Her name is Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, Holly. How are you? Good. I'm so glad that you are able to speak and share your heart tonight. I'm so, so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, no problem. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump right in. Sure. Yeah. Um, so my name is Kaylee Rivera Thompson. I am a mom. I have two little girls. Um, I have a two and a half year old and a five month old. And basically I'm swimming in babies right now. Um, I'm so 28. Awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm 28. Um, I'm the wife to a student pastor. And then um, we work for Forest Hill Church. Um, I am a music director for our students there. And we live in Fort Mill, South Carolina, but the sur- suburbs of Charlotte. So really around um, Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, my heart is for women's ministry. And so I lead worship for women's ministries and events all over our city. And then I just released my first devotion book um, and it's called As You Wander, but it's a devotion book for high school and college age young women. That is so awesome. I know I was looking at your Instagram earlier. That's so amazing. You have like your own devotional. So girls at the end of this podcast, make sure you go follow Kaylee. She has the link in her bio Go buy her a devotional. She's an incredible person. Well, thank you so much for being on tonight. I'm super excited to hear your story when it comes yeah. to identity. So I guess my first question as we get started, where did it all start? Like, um, if you could go back, what season of your life was the biggest struggle when it comes to finding your identity? Holly, I was thinking about this when you shared this with me, and when I really started to pray about it, um, God really brought to my mind the fact that um, I needed to throw this way back, like so far back to my preschool days. Um, Okay. okay. So um, this is going to be a little weird, but I promise that was a point. Um, So when I was little, my teacher called my mom and dad, and um, she was like, Kaylee's going to get an award. And so they invite my parents to our little award ceremony, whatever. And I get invited up on stage and the badge that I get is Miss Independent. And I right away just accepted that that was my identity because really even at that young of an age, I was determined to tie my own shoes. Um, I can, you know, color in the lines without any instruction, um, which is clearly not the case, but it's really the way I thought. Right. And um, I had really adopted this mindset that I can do this on my own and I don't really need anyone And I also think that played into my story of accepting Jesus. So I grew up in a small Southern Baptist church. And um, in this small church, I was taught about Jesus from a young age. My parents were Christians, which was awesome. Um, And when I was eight years old, I remember coming to my parents and saying, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. And they were like, well, Kaylee, that's great. But I think you need to wait a little while. Make sure you know what that means. But I sincerely felt like I had felt that and that I knew that God um, loved me and that I wanted to live my life for him. Mm -hmm. And so I basically turned and looked at my parents and said, hey, I'm walking down the front for the altar call and you can follow me if you want. (laughs) And I'm eight years old. And so (laughs) literally that's what I did. I got up the next Sunday and just went down front. I didn't ask my parents. I didn't wait on them anything. I just went. And um, then like I began to walk out my faith. And if we fast forward into high school, um, 
it's so typical super classic just the high school girl drama which I'm sure you know about yeah for sure never Uh going back to that moment ever again no I would never redo that season of my life um but it was pretty typical um two girls that I really thought were my very best friends um it was all around some boy that liked me that I did not like him but of course that was like detrimental and so um it ruined our friendship um they started rumors about me and I remember like walking into high school and feeling like oh my gosh I am totally alone and um everyone would get invited to parties and they would leave me out um it even like got to a point where like these girls moms were involved (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like one girl's grandmother was involved. Um, oh gosh. I really was just like, my life um, is so lonely. And I think that even like played more into the fact of like, you don't need anyone. Like you're Miss Independent. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just like whipped out that badge and just kept going. And I really started to buy into that lie, like mirror, mirror, um, where I would look at myself and even my relationship with God and um think like no one wants to be my friend so why would god um and even though i desperately needed him i didn't have the same thought that he actually needed or wanted me and so um i think around gosh i guess like 10th grade the mirror really shattered for me um Mm -hmm. so I think just the combination of not being able to really fit in and feeling completely isolated. And then just that pressure that I think everyone experiences at that age to be successful in high school and then to go on to college and all those things. Right. um, was really dying for control. And this spiraled me into an eating disorder. So um, I feel like a lot of people have the image issue and the weird thing for me, um, and I've heard this before too from other girls, but my eating just sort of really stemmed out of a control issue. So I never like looked in the mirror and was like, I hate what I see. I more or less looked in the mirror and was like, I have to figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm. And if I can't control my life, I have to control something. Right. And instead of like giving God that control, I just began to like grasp hold of anything that I could control. And um, that thing was eating. And so super athletic and played every sport I possibly could like register for. And so um, I remember running down the soccer field. I loved soccer, um, was on the varsity soccer team. And I guess like I just wasn't obviously taking care of my body very well, Mm -hmm. running down the soccer field and I black out and I come to and um, I had been at soccer camp. And so they like send me home. My mom has to pick me up and I go to the doctor's office. And like, Holly, I don't know, know about you, but I hate the doctor. I, like, I hate it. I, I do too. Girl, I will get sick as a dog, like flu, uh, pneumonia, you name it, and I will not go. So I'm the yes. same. I'm the same way. So I feel you. <laughs> I literally avoid it at all costs. So I'm already like so overwhelmed that I am even here at the doctor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, they had told my parents essentially that I had dropped a lot of weight and it sounds so naive, but I did not even really know. Mm -hmm. Like I was not even aware of the fact that what I was doing was putting me at such a high risk for just health issues. Right. Um, and then I kind of had this consequence of like, to get back on the soccer field, I have to gain my weight back. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I didn't have soccer practice anymore, which was like this huge void in my life. But luckily, uh, in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, I had picked up playing guitar. 
And so I'd been a part of my student worship team and like, you know, our chamber, choir, choral ensembles in high school and stuff. And so um, I just used that spare time to fill with worship. And my mom at the time put this verse on my mirror, Second Chronicles 2017, but it says, you won't need to fight this battle. Take your position, stand still and see the victory of the Lord for you. And now, I mean, it's such, it's just such a visual of that mirror, mirror concept. Like every time I looked in the mirror, God was literally asking me to give him control of my fight. And so I kind of transformed from Miss Independent to like, Miss, I absolutely cannot do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And I realized all of a sudden that I didn't have to fight for God's grace, um, that he just loved me as I was and that he really wanted to take my brokenness and make it beautiful. And so I started to write these songs that led me out of that hard time and the songs that I wrote healed me. Um, they became worship songs, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's crazy because at that time I would have told you that sports were the thing that were going to carry me through my life. But, um, Worship has actually been the thing that has carried me forever. I went on in college to do worship, and I still do worship now. And now I t now I teach students to do worship. Mm -hmm. Well, wow, that's amazing. Uh, that's so beautiful to look at too, because what you thought was your identity, but and and honestly, that your setback from where you had you know the eating disorder and something you thought was your identity, it looked like a setback, but really it was setting you up for your calling. Exact. Yes, girl. Every setback is always a setup. Like God is always using those hardships to do something really great. And had I have not walked through that, I would have never gained those skills that I need to do what I do today. Right. Um, or really probably found out who I truly was in him because getting saved when you're eight, you know, doesn't give you that much of a testimony if we're honest, you know what I yeah, mean? Like for sure. I had really known the Lord for so many years and um it was really that transformation of going like okay I know who God is but do I know who he is for me right and realizing that okay when I look in the mirror I don't have to see myself perfect because God sees me that way and so it's not about the way I look in the mirror it's about the way that like I take on God's eyes for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's so good um, yeah, and just taking a step back and realizing that, like, you know, those Bible verses, we have to speak those words over us because labels lie. You know, like, we can't stand there and, like, label ourselves or let labels other people have placed on us dictate what we see or who we are. We have to really find out God's truth. Yeah, that's so good. Wow, that's beautiful. It's so cool to see because we have – I listen to your story, and I see such similarities with me. Of course, like – yeah. Um, a little bit different, but like I played sports to a middle school and high school. And that was the only thing I really thought I was good at. And so that's something I strived off of, um, while, you know, being in music and worship too in high school. But, um, I didn't have a dad, I had a dad, but he was just never around and kind of just abandoned our family when I was in middle school. So, um, when I got injured, I, I started getting involved in youth and that's kind of when I found my identity. So it's pretty cool to, to hear your heart and your story and to see how God kind of, you know, rerouted you. He like, he didn't, it, it's just cool to see how something that we think is our identity, but God's like, Hey, wait, like I have more. And so I think that's really cool. Um, 
to see where where God like shifted you and kind of showed you your identity because like every every girl has a different story and everybody has a different Mm -hmm. um, way they found their identity in Christ which is so beautiful Um, I guess my next question for you would be if you if you could go back to the to that season of your life like you know um, going through the eating disorder and then kind of shifting into worship and and figuring out your identity in Christ if you could go back to that season what are three things you would tell yourself that you know now? Um, worship is a weapon would be the first one. Amen. I did not know that you can literally sing your way out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in that really dark place. I can still even picture it. I had um, a pretty big bed and a pretty small room. So I <laughs> would like in between my bed and my window, I would just kind of like hunker down in that little cubby, so to speak. And I would put mm-hmm. paper out all around me and sit in that little hole with my guitar. And I, that just became a sanctuary for me. Um, and I just did not know I could sing my way out. And that is really what God did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to not be so focused on the deliverance, but the development would probably That's be my good. second one. I think mm-hmm. we get so focused a lot on the fact that we think our freedom is on the other side of our problem, but mm-hmm. actually our freedom is right there in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tools we're really learning while we're in the midst of suffering or hardship or what we're going to need um, on the other side of it, God's actually gearing us up for something. So we can't just be delivered. We'd miss out on everything. And so um, to like, to let myself be okay with the development piece and not be mm-hmm. so focused on asking God, like, why am I not uh, <laughs> delivered yet? Um, right. And um, just let him kind of mold me in those situations. Um, and then also, I think um, that dependence is not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I'm married now. And I think one of the funniest things that I never knew I would struggle with when I was married is needing my husband. Because mm-hmm. I really taught myself back then that you can't need people. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that we were, you know, God himself is three in one. So we, mm-hmm. we were designed for community. Um, it's in our very DNA. We need community. And my husband, I remember him. I mean, this isn't even that long ago. I've been married five years and him looking at me and being like, Kaylee, it's okay to need me. And that rocked me because I had never even thought about the fact that <laughs> I need people. Yeah. Um, and in that season, I wish I would have known that that was okay. Um, mm-hmm. To admit that, like, I actually needed someone to be nice to me. And yeah. I needed my parents. And I needed my church and my friends. Um, and to just be in that place where it's okay to admit that and to be vulnerable with that. Yeah. That we don't have to just, like, white knuckle it through life. There are people that are going to love us and help carry us when we need it. Yeah, that's so good. I struggle with that a lot, too, to this day. I mean, um, I've been on my own since I was 15. I didn't really have, like, a father figure to, to like, help my mom out or to actually visually and see that, like, husband, wife do things as a team. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of been, like, my mom riding solo. And so, like, that's where I learned how to be independent. And like you said, independent is okay. It's good. But God has created a man to be a woman's helper. And I think for me, like in the season I'm in, obviously single and like 
doing everything God's called me to do and, and learning and growing in the season has been good. But I struggled with that a lot too. Now that you say that, like, especially high school, college, and even now, like being, we get so numb to being like, you can do this by yourself. You don't need help. You don't need mm-hmm. community. Like you're, you know, bad boss, babe. You got independent. You've got your own bills, your own place. Like we, because this world has isolated so many people and has taught, you know, girls to like, you can do it on your own. You don't need a man. Yeah. And, and it's molded our women in this, in this generation. And it's so sad to watch too, because coming out of it, I can see things clear. Whereas when I was in it, I was numb to it, but God has called, you know, God created Adam and Eve to be a, a couple, a pair, a team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning that too, in my season that like, Holly, unique community, like, you know, even if you're single or in a relationship, like you need people, you can't like, yes, you've got skills and stuff to do everything on your own, but also like you need people, you need help. It's okay. It's okay to ask for help and it's okay to need somebody. Yes. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And we were designed for that. We thrive in community and we live in such a hyper individualized culture now that, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the day when we were tribal or communal people, um, I don't think they probably suffered from this as much because they weren't so focused on like me. They were more, way more focused on we. Right. And, um, I think when we can really back away and realize like, no, like community is not only good, but absolutely necessary for survival. (laughs) Um, yeah that God made us for that. It's, it's a beautiful thing when we invite other people into our lives. And something I always say um, with, as you wander is we thrive when we tribe. And mm-hmm. I like uh, that. it's cause we really do. I mean, we are the best when we're together, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's a good point. I like that. You thrive when you tribe. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Community is everything. And I think that falls into really like relationships, like making sure you surround yourself, like, community is everything but you also have to surround yourself with like healthy people and people that are going to make you better and keep you on the right path because we could be so lonely in what community and then end up clinging to the wrong things so friendships are everything too I guess to close with this what are some practical steps you take um now to help you with your identity I know like in a couple of our previous podcasts a couple girls said they left notes or like for me um, I write stuff on my mirror or my background on my phone what are practical steps you take now besides you know spending time in the word that help you remember like hey Kaylee this is who you are yeah so um if we're thinking really about this mirror concept I think a lot (laughs) of times when I look in the mirror I am covered in like baby spit up and (laughs) I love it is like the same one I wore yesterday And I mean, truthfully, I'm just a real hot mess most of the time. Um, And so I am constantly reminding myself right now when I look in the mirror that there is a miracle in the mess. And so when I look at myself or when I look at my kids and the toys all over the floor and the diapers everywhere and just all the things, um, or even like with my marriage, when we haven't had a date night and we are just like completely overwhelmed I'm just looking at it and like having to pull back and say God show me the miracle because all I can see right now is the mess and he is he's revealing it to me little bits at a time like that those toys all over the floor are actually my daughter playing by herself and dear lord that is a miracle and then (laughs) you know that like 
I even have a baby and that God has blessed me with two beautiful girls. Like the fact that there are diapers everywhere is just evidence of that. Um, Yeah. And that I'm tired is evidence. The fact that like God has been my strength and I've made it this far. Um, And that, you know, when my marriage is a mess, that even in that, like God is making us stronger and he's using this hardship to like bond us and bring us together. And so I think that's like, it's just a word for any girl listening that whatever your mess is right now, there is a miracle in it, but you really got to choose to see it. Mm-hmm. You can't ask in the mirror per se, what it exactly says. You have to go to God and say like, what, what is the miracle in my mess? And please Lord show me that. Yeah, that's good. No, I love that. That's such a good reminder too, because we can be in the middle of a storm or a rough season or just chaos in our life. And we can, we get to choose what we see and what we believe. But I've learned from experience, like my mom used to always say like, Holly, you're in the middle of the storm, but God's in the storm with you. Mm -hmm. Just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in that fire and Jesus was in there with them. Like in the middle of our chaos, like there's grace and God's there and he doesn't just leave you um, in the middle of the storm or leave you in the fire. Like he, he's literally right there, but perception is everything. And I love that you said, like, there's a miracle in your mess because it's so true. Like, God doesn't just leave you in your mess and walk away. Like, that's what grace is all about, and that's what his love is all about. So that's such a good perspective of things, too, because we can get so focused on the chaos around us that we begin to think, like, oh, this is just it. Yeah. But it's not. So I love that. Such good points. Well, thank you so much for just sharing your heart. Wow. Incredible speaker you are. And just thank you so much just for just being real and being you and um, being an incredible mom and wife in South Carolina on the East Coast. Yeah. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much just for sharing your heart. And just as we close with mirror, mirror on the wall, what's something you could leave these girls with encouragement or just maybe a verse that you love or just something to end us? Um. Really, I'm going to go back to that statement. Um, there, There is a miracle in your mess, and I mm-hmm. don't want you to miss it. Um, don't get so caught up in the mess that you, you just overlook it because it's right there in front of you. And my mm-hmm. prayer, sisters, is that you look out and you see it, and you know that there is a God who loves you in the middle of all of it. Awesome. Amen. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to write that down actually on my mirror or just like my back over my phone just to remember that this week. Cause that's just something, I mean, just for me personally, like there's a miracle in your mess. So everybody's got mess cause we're all human. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing. It's so good to hear your heart and just uh, girls, make sure you check out her Instagram. She is all over the, her Instagram and on our story tonight, make sure you follow her. Go buy her devotional, listen to her sing and play guitar. She's just a boss. Like, she's a mom, a wife, does everything. So thank you for influencing girls on the East Coast. You're doing an incredible job. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for your ministry. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Well, girls, thank you for listening to our last episode with Miriam Mawal. Stay tuned for next week.